This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Today we are interviewing a fly fishing sage. His name is Bob Granger and we are at his home in Belgrade, Montana, not far from Bozeman. Bob has been a fly shop owner, he's been a fly tire and an Orvis guide and the people that he has had in his drift boat, well you simply won't believe it. And that's not including you and me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Uh, I first met Bob in the winter of 1996 when I took a fly tying class at Montana Trout Fitters in Bozeman. And Bob was the instructor. And we began a friendship. And I think it was later that fall when you and I first floated the Yellowstone with him. Yeah, I think it it was a chilly October day. And we floated from Gray Owl to Mallard's Rest in Paradise Valley. And we both learned a lot from Bob that day. I remember not catching very many fish that day. It was was cold. It was. It was a tough day. Yeah. It was a fun day, but a tough day for fly fishing. That's right. Well, Bob, welcome to our podcast, and uh, thank you for opening your home to us. It was, uh, it's a pleasure, and uh, I do remember that day as well. I don't know about the quality of the fisherman, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a slow day. It was very windy, and, and uh, I guess the thing that stands out to me so much is uh, the guys that were following us down the highway taking pictures the whole trip. Yeah, that's so right. That, yeah, that that's a, right. That's right. That's yeah. right. I they, remember that. They yeah. got some good footage. <laughs> Not any of us catching fish. <laughs> yes. Well, we did. Yeah, we get a few. But, yeah, we did uh, get a few fish. That's right. But yeah. that's pretty typical of that late fall fishing when the weather's really uh, up and down. Uh, yeah. It has a tremendous effect on the fish when you're huh. getting these low pressures through all of the time. Is that is low pressure effect uh, Def- Especially the Yellowstone. Uh, frontal passages, uh, it'll put the fish down for a day or two typically. Huh. Interesting. Wow. So, Bob, tell us when and where you got started in fly fishing. How did, how did that come about? Well, I, uh, I grew up in a family of um, fly fishermen. Uh, my grandmother and uh, my grandfather, who died when I was very young, and, uh, of course, my dad. Uh, my mother didn't want anything to do with it. My dad did, and we, uh, we fished a lot. I started probably... Uh, I saw some old-time movies, 8-millimeter movies, of me hanging on the the creel, probably two or three years old when he was fishing. I'd sit on the creel. Wow. uh, Wow. Walking along the river with him and had that in some movies. But I was about six or seven, and he was... uh, had just gone into the Navy in World War II, and uh, we were living with my grandmother, and she's the one that uh, got me interested in fly tying. And uh, I don't know how much you can teach a six-year-old, but that was kind of the the beginning. And uh, I did it until uh, just a few years ago, probably uh, 10 years ago, I decided to put the vice in the drawer and, yeah. and give it up. And uh, I, I don't know how many hundred of thousand dozens I've tied over those years and supplied numerous fly shops around. 
You have. Well, I, I know sometimes I'd ask you how many flies you tied in a certain period of time, and you'd say 20. And I, I found out, I learned eventually that when you said 20, you meant 20 dozen, not 20 flies. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many flies do you think you tied at the peak of your fly tying business? Uh, there was one year in about 91 or 92 when bead heads really took off. I was tying all of the bead head nymphs for uh, trout fitters at that time. And I was probably around 1,800, 2,000 dozen. Wow. For that amazing. season. Wow. Trout fitters at the fly shop in Bozeman, right? Right, Okay. Right. And you tied a lot. Well, we'll get into that in just a moment, I guess. But just to back up, so you, you started fly fishing. Um, this was in Colorado, right? That's correct, in okay. Boulder. In Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then did you have a fly shop there? Yeah, we decided that... Uh, we we knew we went i was a firefighter and uh, i retired from there one for 27 years but we knew early on that uh, we wanted to move to montana when i did retire so we kind of got uh, we moved to fort collins we figured that was 50 miles closer <laughs> sure. and uh, we're partners in a uh, fly shop there called the western angler and we did that for about four or five years and uh then I got out of that business for a while, continued tying flies on the commercially, but uh, got rid of the shop there. Wow. And then you moved to Bozeman? Is then that we right? moved to Bozeman. And what yes. year would that have been? Uh, 1990. 1990. So I've heard so many stories about the different people that you've had in your boat. Um, how long did you guide? About, uh, I don't know, 12, 13 years. So what did you like most about guiding? It it's you know hard work yeah it's hard work uh, if it's windy especially but um, uh, you know clients are all different they're every day is different and uh, you know some clients are very uh, uh, helpful some too helpful uh, when you're trying to load the boat or something you know (laughs) they they can get real helpful and I had a a psychiatrist from Connecticut once that would not even put her chair down uh, her stool for the dinner table you know you had to do that even for her. she you know you didn't want to do anything and so you get that total gamut there i guess you could call she it. wanted the four seasons treatment yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and that was on the banks of the yellowstone wow. but uh every client is different and uh you know you'll see some that uh uh, they want you to tie on your flies and the, you know and they they want to know exactly where you want them to cast and have no initiative of their own and the other you know if there's a couple the the guy most often will say go take care of the wife and i'll be okay by myself don't bother me and so you get those types and um, uh, some of them have no use for your guidance where you might as well be talking to the tree or something they don't they don't want to be around you or anything you know and and if you do tell him uh i had you were talking about famous people i took ed marinero out from uh, hill street blues four days in a row and he had his girlfriend with me and um, he was that way he didn't want me even even telling him what flies where to cast nothing and then he got real uh, uh, let's say grumpy when his wife was catching all the fish. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, you know, there's all types, and uh, a lot of them are very nice people, very 
sociable and uh, then there's some grumps too that uh, <laughs> oh, i'm sure now you guided for for orvis or, or on your own or a little bit of both is that how that worked right i, I got my own outfitters license in 95 i think it was and okay I, the last five or six years i uh, did some guiding for the shops at different places plus my own operation mm-hmm. wow so the one thing I've learned in floats is that you tend not to learn as much during a float. Like when you're with a guide and doing wade fishing, like uh, actually Steve and I did yesterday, there's all this great opportunity to learn stuff, like how to cast. Like one of the things I learned yesterday was um, just how to hook a fish better, like to you know bring my arm back like I'm like a back cast. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to pop it, mm-hmm. and it really worked. Uh, later later in the in the day when I was fishing, I caught a couple of nice fish because of that. Um, what does it mean to be teachable when you're on the river, you know, as a, as a client? Right. Uh, you know, if you're teachable, you're it goes through anything, whether you're learning to drive or whatever. You know, if you're if you're willing to take the advice that whoever's teaching you, then you're teachable. But there's some that, you know, oh, I can do this. I've done this all my life. And that's the one you see whipping the water behind you when they're casting and everything. You know, so it's it goes that way. But, yeah, you're exactly right. A, a walk trip. Uh, is a lot more uh, there's a lot more capabilities to teach and the thing with floating is um, uh, you go by the spots so fast that uh, you know you pick a good spot tell them to cast in there they may have one or two shots at it and then you're you're out the other side so uh, you don't get the chances but if you're waiting you can do a lot of things that you can teach to how to read the water better you can keep casting and uh, one of the most important things is is drag how to your best line control how you're going to get that fly in the place you want it and make it look natural and uh, you can teach that a lot better read the currents to keep your drag down walk trips but it also limits your space right that's true and now you've had a lot of uh, famous people in your boat, not not just Dave and me. <laughs> no, but I, I know you. I know you guided for several years for uh, Ted Turner. I mean, just tell us about some of those folks that you had in your, uh, yeah, in your drift boat, or that you you guided him in some fashion. Well, we had, uh, you know. Um Ted has guests at the ranch all the time here, the Flying D, which is up mm-hmm. the Gallatin from us here. And so uh, there were two of us that uh, spent the majority of the summer guiding these uh, these people. And um, uh, there was, as you say, there's all kinds of... Uh, I spent a full day with Tom Brokaw, was one of the one of the highlights that I think Tom was... Uh, he's an excellent fisherman and... Mm. Uh, he knows a lot about Montana, Montana politics, and so mm-hmm. we talked a great length, and it was a, a really enjoyable. Wow, Tom uh, Brokaw, the, the NBC guy, right. the anchor, anchor yeah. for yeah. many years. Yeah. Wow. I had uh, John Walton, if you're familiar with Walmart. Uh, wow. I had him out. He since uh, uh, deceased. He crashed his airplane down in Jackson Hole several years ago and died in that crash. But wow. Just a neat guy. And, and uh, we always got a briefing on when we went up to the ranch who these people were, what they did, and a little about them, you know. So uh, I had no idea who John Walton was. And they... <laughs> and. Uh, they took me aside and said he's uh, one of the stockholders or one of the corporation of Walmart. And so uh, I, I says, okay. 
So we went down fishing that day. We went on Spanish Creek, which was unusual. We typically would go over on Cherry Creek, but uh, that day we went down on Spanish Creek, and he was there standing, uh, getting his fly ready and everything. And and he, I walked up behind him and I said, "Oh, they tell me you work at Walmart." <laughs> and he kind of looked at me and he says, "Yeah, I own it." <laughs> so, That's great. Uh, so that was the way we started our day and it was a fun day with john he was very humble you not what you would expect from huh. somebody of his financial capabilities wow. and uh, some of them you know the politicians uh i hated guiding them because they were the ones that didn't want to listen to anything you told them <laughs> <laughs> hmm, there's a pattern i yeah. think yeah. i had a number of senators and uh, a couple uh, cabinet level people that I had out at different times and right. and uh, they were really tough to get uh, to do what you needed sure so were you ever instructed by you know those who hired you not to talk politics no <laughs> no no and then did did you have did you tell me once you had Jimmy Carter Jimmy Carter and uh, uh, was at the ranch quite often. Okay. Uh, one of the stories on him is uh, I never guided him personally, but I was in the parties when we did. Um, it wasn't unusual. We'd take off in the morning and uh, two or three Suburbans loaded with with all our stuff and the, the people we were taking out. And uh, uh, we were out on Cherry Creek that morning and uh, they decided that they wanted, the fishing wasn't good and they decided that uh, they wanted to go down to Snowcrest on the Ruby. So away everybody went. Uh, Jimmy jumped in one car and away they went with, I think Mr. Turner was with him. And we got, uh, we got down there and uh, all of his clothes went in the car that went the other way. So <laughs> oh, great. his shoes, everything were back at the Flying D, and we were all down at Snowcrest. So um, that was not unusual to travel back and forth between the two. Huh. Did you have Hank Aaron, the baseball player, one time? Hank, uh, Hank was up there because he was part of the uh, uh, when. Uh, Mr. Turner owned CNN and um, and that, and he was on the board of directors there, and so he was up at the ranch for some of their uh, their meetings. I got to talk with him, and he was quite a nice guy. Oh, I bet. What kind of a fly fisher was he? He wasn't. Uh, we they kind of teased him that. Uh, uh, if he was as good with the fly rod as he was a bat, he'd catch more fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hall of Fame baseball player, but but not in the yeah. not in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. for fly fishing. Yeah. Uh, Just a nice guy. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Wow, that's that's amazing that you had that uh, that opportunity. Um, Bob, any uh, <clears throat> any advice that you would give to aspiring fly fishers, maybe people who would come to Montana or or anywhere else to learn to fly fish? I mean, I think a lot of our listeners are uh, people who say, well, I'd, I'd like to try this, but I don't even know where to begin. What, what would you say to them? Well, your first part of your answer would be, I would say, uh, if you're coming to Montana, prepare yourself. Don't get up here and then... Um, try to figure out what you're doing and how your equipment works and everything but prepare yourself so that when you come up here you're not spending time trying to figure everything out okay and what would that look like to prepare yourself uh if you've got a place uh, a shop in your area that you can go and take some classes do that before you uh, come out here or um 
uh, hire a guide, somebody, and, and make sure that when you hire that guide that you tell them that you need some instruction so that they aren't figuring on taking you to the hardest place to fish or, right. uh, you know, on the upper Yellowstone where you're moving it. 10 miles an hour through rapids and things you know so uh, tell them you need instructions and my procedure i used to when i had those people uh like the float we did that day about 100 yards downstream there's an island so i would park on that island and there was always a bunch of white fish along the, the currents on the side of that island and we'd stop there and uh, we'd into the casting and all of that and hooking fish and uh, uh, the white fish were always very uh, uh, easy to catch through there so it was a good learning experience for them and we spent an hour there if we had to just uh, getting them used to things and that's by far the best method and um, but you need some instruction somewhere right and i have a cardinal rule if you're married don't try to teach your wife how to fly fish <laughs> that's right hire a, hire somebody to do it for you don't try because uh, uh she's probably going to end up giving it up and not wanting to at all well the worst thing would be for her to be better than you that happens yeah, occasionally too that does funny thing i've i fly fish for years and my wife loves the outdoors she did a lot of horseback riding you know, a few years ago and uh, never really shown that much interest in fly fishing but we were here a couple weeks ago in the bozeman area actually up the boulder at clydehurst and uh uh, my son took her out one day and she loved it and she, she told me later she says oh i hope you don't mind that uh that, that luke taught me you know how to cast and she actually caught a fish i said i think that's a lot better <laughs> yeah pr probably saved our marriage yeah. there <laughs> yeah uh, it definitely my wife always uh, we'd go out quite often she'd catch more fish than i would she'd more patient sure and uh when she surpassed the number that I caught, she'd cut her fly off. She always told everybody so she didn't catch any more and make me look bad. How about advice for fishing with a guide? So you talked about preparing before you fish with a guide. How about when you're with a guide? Any advice for those uh, who are aspiring to get better? Most of the guides are very good at what they do around here. Uh, they do it every day. A lot of them have been here for many, many years doing it. So listen to their advice. Um, they're not going to tell you something that isn't uh, isn't good advice and uh, you're paying a lot of money for that guide so uh, pay attention to him and uh, listen to him and and ask a lot of questions don't be afraid to ask we used to say that we had to you have to learn all about the ecology and the geography and the politics and everything else of where you're at there they always ask question used to tickle me because i'd load up somebody from wisconsin or new jersey or somewhere and we'd head over the pass for uh, fishing on the yellowstone and the very first question the majority of them would ask was where does ted turner live <laughs> <laughs> actually that's in the opposite direction for starters it is yeah. <laughs> but no don't be afraid to ask questions take that advice uh, and if you've got something that you want to do or you're a problem, let the guide know. They're, <laughs> they're more than willing to uh, accommodate the things that you need. They are. They're usually very helpful. Well, Bob, thank you so much for visiting with us today on our podcast. Uh, we really do appreciate it. 
Well, in the meantime, we'd like to hear from our listeners and uh, go to twoguysinariver.com. That's two guys. That's two with a two, numeral two, twoguysinariver.com. And post any advice you would like to give a beginning fly fisher. Uh, Maybe you're a beginner yourself or you just want to get back into it. Uh, Steve and I just recently uh, received an email from someone who was trying to get back into fly fishing after letting it go for many years. So be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.